Hey, it's Andy from Talking to Teens. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review. Reviews on Apple and Spotify help other parents find the show, and that helps us keep the lights on. Thanks for being a listener, and here's the show. You're listening to Talking to Teens, where we speak with leading experts from a variety of disciplines about the art and science of parenting teenagers. I'm your host, Andy Earle. We're here today with Dr. Stephanie Sarkis. Her new book is all about um, it, uh, uh, how to recognize a manipulative and emotionally abusive people and break free. It's called Gaslighting. Super interested to talk with Stephanie today about how gaslighting occurs in the family environment, especially when you got teenagers around. What do you do if you are, you know, in a relationship with somebody who is, uh, you know, emotionally abusive, and how do you deal with that? So, uh, super interested to talk about all of that and more. Stephanie, thank you so much for making the time. I found out about you from your book, which is called Gaslighting: Recognizing Manipulative and Emotionally Abusive People and Break Free. And I, I just like devoured this book. I saw it at Powell's in Portland and picked up a copy and. Um, and really just, you know, kept dog-earing pages like, oh, wow, this is interesting. This would actually, this sounds like a, a thing that teenagers do. Uh, so I was super interested uh, because it's kind of a concept that, you know, people have maybe heard about gaslighting, but um, uh, but you kind of like, for the first time, sort of started to get like, uh, codify it and get the, figure out the science behind it. So what inspired you to be uh, so interested in this subject and, uh, and how did you then go become uh, the, the book writer of the Gaslighting book? So I, I work primarily with people with ADHD and anxiety and I noticed a pattern of people winding up being in these kind of dependent abusive relationships where I think sometimes when you have ADHD or anxiety, you kind of unconsciously seek out someone that may seem like they have their act together and can help you and, and not so much help you. But um, I just noticed that, that people that are vulnerable are prone to getting into relationships with someone that turns out to be a narcissist or a sociopath. And, um, uh. and I think also because people with anxiety and ADHD tend to be more sensitive to other people's feelings and needs. And I think that the gaslighters prey on that. Uh, so I started noticing that more and more when I met with couples and uh, for individual therapy as well. And then I wrote the article on Psychology Today, 11 Warning Signs of Gaslighting, and then that went viral. And the term gaslighting, we've used that to talk about emotional abuse for, I think some, it, it, the movie came out in the 40s, but we first started using it to talk about emotionally abusive behavior in the 60s, but now it really hasn't shown up regularly until now. Uh, in the last you know four or five years or so, so uh, I've noticed more and more people coming in realizing that oh I was in an abusive relationship and they didn't know it, because this type of abuse sometimes people don't always consider the emotional type of abuse to be abuse. Ah, I see that. So okay, so what then exactly is gaslighting? and uh, what distinguishes it from, from other types of abuse. Sure, so gaslighting is a way to keep you off kilter. It's a way to manipulate you and to make you feel that, uh, that you can't trust yourself and you need to rely on the gaslighter's version of reality. And the purpose of that is just to gain power and control over you. So it is a part of emotional abuse. And 
gaslighters will tell you things like what you're seeing and hearing isn't what you saw and heard or um, I never did that or even if you mm. know the person did it and you have obvious proof of it they will still deny it or they'll tell you well everybody thinks you're crazy or they'll say things like um, oh your friends or your sister knows that you're crazy so you know if you try to leave if you go to tell them they're gonna know who the real problem is that kind of thing so people feel trapped in it because they feel like they've relied more and more on the gaslighter and so that becomes the only person that they're communicating with or spending time with and that's exactly what the gaslighter wants they want your undivided attention the way they do that is to isolate you the thing that i really that struck me in reading this book is like wow this isn't like something like that there's you know just a few of them out there it's like it's just pretty common and the more i read this i was like oh wow i know multiple people that uh display a lot of these you know uh, and people are on to like a spectrum i guess a gaslighting spectrum or whatever and some people are are you know more than others but i think like even if you aren't necessarily like oh wow i'm in an abusive relationship or i have a friend who's like really emotionally manipulative by uncovering like what these tactics are you start to see them in the people that you know and and the strategies you talk about in this book I think just kind of help you like get regain your power in, the, mm -hmm. in your relationships a lot so what are the things to look for in terms of the strategies that gaslighters will use to um, to, to to achieve that to kind of separate you from other people and make you depend on them well, first they do a thing called love bombing, which when you first meet them, they will shower you with affection and tell you how wonderful you are. And that's really nice to hear, but the gaslighter will overdo it. And the purpose of that is to reel you in. And then once they know you've, they've got you hooked, then they do a devaluing thing, which means that you fall off the pedestal they put you on. And it's a long way down. And you never get back on that pedestal again. So uh, what I tell people is you're on a first date and the person automatically jumps into, you're the most wonderful person I ever met and I've never felt this way before, that's a red flag. Even though, you know, again, we like hearing that stuff makes us feel good, gives us a dopamine boost, right? So, but at the same right, time, right. we have to really pay attention that that's a manipulation tactic. So that's called love bombing. And that may last for, okay. you know, maybe a week, two weeks, as, as long as you get hooked into the relationship, and then all of a sudden that drops. And then the, the abusive behavior goes gradually so it's not something that overnight they are abusive which is one of the issues that why people are in these relationships is that this isn't something that happens overnight this is a gradual ramping up of abusive behavior so it's that proverbial what frog in the boiling water frog in the firing pan frying pan or whatever it is that right. you turn gradually turn up the heat so um that's one of the main issues is that this is really insidious and really kind of quiet at first it's making comments about what you look like or your friends and then it starts ramping up and maybe hiding your things and telling you how irresponsible you are uh, and splitting like you mentioned splitting is when you try to pit somebody against somebody else so like i mentioned that those sister thing so oh your sister said that you're you're no good you're a liar and so what they're trying to do is even though your sister never said that they want you to yeah. distance yourself from your sister because maybe that's a source of support for you so now sure. you're relying more on the gaslighter. So that's that's splitting. And the devaluing, again, is putting up on a pedestal and then knocking you down. That either you are wonderful and 100% great or you're nothing. And that's how the gaslighter views people, all or nothing. 
So what is a flying monkey and how do you spot one coming at you? So the turn comes from Wizard of Oz that the uh, Wicked Witch would have flying monkeys go do her bidding for her. So what okay. that is, is that's when you try to leave, you have flying monkeys or mutual friends, family members say to you, well, you know, they really miss you and you should contact them. And because the best thing to do when you're with someone like this to leave is to block their phone numbers, block their emails, to have no contact with them. Uh, that's not always possible in some relationships if you have kids together, but, uh, but usually having no contact is the best way to go. So you're trying to just go on with your life, rebuild, uh, and you have people come in and tell you about your ex or that they really want you back. And this is just a way that the gaslighter tries to get you back into their clutches because gaslighters have this bottomless pit of narcissistic need and they need someone to fill that pit so and it's it's bottomless right. so that's also why when you're in relationship with, with a person like this they tend to cheat often because they're always looking for someone else to fill that need because the newness of the relationship wears off so again um, they'll send flying monkeys out and so the best thing you can do is just say to them you know what we're that's a that's a no-fly zone we're not talking about him or her that we're just not going there. So that's the best thing to do is just tell people right. that you refuse to talk about and you know get any messages. And I, I remember one client said to me, well, I don't want to be rude to my friends and family. I said, but you can still say I'm not going to talk about them and do it in, a, in an assertive way. And that's not rude. That's just setting boundaries for yourself. One thing that strikes me that's kind of difficult with this, we focus on, you know, teenagers, how to talk to teenagers about difficult kind of things. And it strikes me that one thing, one place where this kind of like happens is when, you know, your teen is like in a new relationship with someone and, uh, you know, as a parent, you can like kind of see what's going on. But if, especially if it's like in this early, like um, love bombing phase, you know, where uh, this person that they're involved with is really showering them with, right. um, you know, praise, uh, it's really hard to be the parent and say, hey, you know, I don't think this person is very good for you. So do you just kind of have to wait for the love bombing to fade out and like how do you kind of navigate those waters as a parent if you see your teenager starting to get into a relationship with someone that you know is demonstrating these kind of um, of behaviors manipulation I think first it starts with even before that educating people as to what a gaslighter is and what to look for because when you're a teenager and you meet your first love you've got your oxytocin going and you know your bonding hormone and, and everything's great and yeah. and maybe there is love bombing so um, sure. Yeah. So I think it's a really tough sell. It is. It say. is. And you're the parent. So the more you say don't go out with a person, the more your kids yeah, gonna want to go out with them. But again, it's it's educating them so that when they get into this relationship, if they see any of these behaviors, it gives them a red flag. And also just to make sure that there's open communication, and say you know I I know that this can happen. I just want you to keep your your eyes open for it and come to me at any time and talk about it. And and it's hard, but you know, you want to be as as non-judgmental as possible. And if you say anything bad yeah, about the right. partner, um, kids, again, will, will try to latch onto that relationship. You know, that's their way of individuating. They're trying to separate from their parents. This is one of the ways they, they do it. So with the, uh, the kids, you have to just, again, tell them what a gaslighter is, open communication, non-judgmental. If they're in this type of relationship, you can say to them, hey, I, I have some concerns about this relationship, and this is what I've seen. Or sometimes parents will say, you know, I noticed you haven't been yourself lately, and I'm wondering you know, if there's mm. anything you need to talk about. 
and just to know that you know sometimes people don't always have your best interests in mind and it's something that yeah. I want you to know you can talk to me about it. Now, obviously, if there's physical abuse going on, because unfortunately, gaslighting can lead into physical abuse, of course, you have to intervene. Uh, and uh, again, you can intervene, but at the early stage of the relationship, but again, teens, kids tend to hold on tighter to their partner. So it's tricky. Right. It's tricky. Yeah, so a yeah. lot of it's just letting them know and, key, and open communication and just checking in with your kid and saying, hey, how, how's everything yeah. going with so-and-so? Uh, you know, do you have any questions? Because I know that this is kind of new for you, and um, and I just right. want you to know, you know, there's healthy relationships and unhealthy relationships, and also teach you what a healthy relationship is, which is you have open uh, communication, yeah. and if you bring up an issue with someone, that person listens, and they don't blame you for bringing up an issue, which is something that gaslighters do. So not only do we have to tell kids what an unhealthy relationship is, but we also have to tell them what a healthy relationship is as well. The be non-judgmental, mm-hmm. I think, is just so important for everything with teenagers. Right. Because the the more you say, oh, hey, I don't like this person, and I don't think you should be with this person, then that forces your teenager to then cognitively kind of double down on the fact that, oh, well, I am fine, and I can handle myself, and Absolutely. I am going to be with this person. And right. so then, when the love bombing is over, and when they do start to notice things, they've now kind of like lock themselves in deeper like just because if they now go to you and say oh hey um i don't know what to do about this relationship because it's kind of not what i thought it was now they're kind of like losing to you almost because you you know had said um that you know i don't think this is good for you and they had said well i'm fine i can handle myself and once that happens then it's like you dig into these um sides you know and then it, it just it becomes really, really hard for what you want to happen as a parent is you want the kid to be able to come to you and say, hey, can I talk to you? Like, I don't know, I am in this like relationship and I don't know mm-hmm. if it's quite healthy or not. I can't really tell because a lot of times with gaslighters, you, you know, you kind of have a feeling that something is off, but you, they keep you on your toes a little bit and you, you can't quite mm-hmm. tell. And you just want them to be able to talk to you about those things. Right. And so I think that non-judgmentalness is so important. And also maybe like uh, sharing you know, a time when you've been in a relationship with somebody mm. or a time, you know, a time when you've gotten in, sucked in, right? right? And and you've thought someone was just like the greatest and then you've realized later on that they were kind of manipulating right. you. And just, and a side piece to that. So when you, when you do that, you want to make sure you don't give too much details because your kids are going to get really grossed out. <laughs> so, mm. so, so you want to sure. you want to yeah, just say yeah, that yeah. there are sometimes people that you could say, well, some one time in a job because we have gas layers at work too. So you could say one time in a job, I had this person and they stole my ideas, and then they told someone they didn't do it, and so that kind of personality is what we're talking about. His kids have this idea yeah. that that you know you only had sex once to make them, and that was it, and you didn't enjoy it, you know. So, so. <laughs> So they really don't want right. to hear about your your past relationships. So I think it's really important just to say that, you know, there are people that you're going to meet that do this kind of behavior. You could say you could, anybody's run into this. You could say I've done this at work or I knew someone in high school, but but you don't want to give them too yeah, many details yeah. too because then the kids will just go la, 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 cover their ears. <laughs> so, so you want to be careful. That's so true. Yeah, and, and we tend to over-explain as parents. So we tend to just tell them everything and we don't really need to do that. But I think, yeah, it is important Totally agree that it's important to bring up that you've been through that too, so it's not so foreign. 
And so, uh, yeah, I like that. Like, cause you've talked, you talk in here about how, you know, friends, a lot of times, you know, it's not just romantic things. It's relationships with your friends. It's people at work that do this to you. It's even like your, uh, you know, people uh, all in all areas of your life can be gaslighting you. And so I think, yeah, being able to, um, uh, not come to your teen from a place of like, well, don't get taken in by these people, right. um, you know, because that's the, 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 that will happen to you and that's not good. But coming from a place of like, hey, I've, you know, I've gotten taken in by, you know, people who I thought were just the greatest and then came to realize later on they just okay. were, you know, uh, using me for whatever my ideas or just so they could use my car in high school or whatever the thing right. is, you know. Um, uh, yeah. I yeah, like your totally. judgmental parent voice too. Uh, so, I, yeah. but it's one of those things to kind of step back and go, well, the feeling I'm having of, of judging this, what is that about? Is it me protecting my kid or is it, is it me maybe not feeling comfortable with them dating yet? So you have to kind of look at why you're having that feeling. And again, kind of separate out from that. And it's yeah. really hard. I'm not saying it's easy at all, but again, your kid's more likely to talk to you if you're non-judgmental. A section in this book that was pretty big that I found really fascinating is on co-parenting. A lot of times it's the it's the ex partner who is the gaslighter and it's you know this parent who's trying to figure out how do I now raise these kids when I have to share custody with this person who uh, you know tells them bad things about me right. and you know try, uh, uh, is emotionally manipulated like tries to get back at me almost by um, you know, telling the kids, uh, oh, don't listen to your mom. She's just trying to control you. And, uh, you know, oh, what, you don't have to do that. I'll just buy you one. And, and obviously, if it's a gaslighter in any other area of your life, it's like, just get out of the relationship. Stop communicating with the person. But this is a situation where you're kind of stuck with this person. So in that in that situation, so how, how do you approach it? Well, first, I'll just add that when you're sharing uh, life experiences with gaslighters, do not bring up the parent the other parent because that's you just don't want to go there so when you bring up past experiences with gaslighters talk about work or high school or something like that but don't talk about the other parent uh, so just that's one guideline uh, the other one is to have a really detailed parenting plan worked out and you can go to a parent coordinator for one of those or go to a mediator uh, and the parenting plan says that you cannot speak badly about the other parent you cannot leave any documents about custody or divorce out when the children are present uh, and you can't talk about any legal stuff while the kids are present even if they're in, just in the house because you know little pictures have big ears kind of thing uh, so and also yeah. sometimes gaslighting parents will leave documents out so the parents so the kids can see them or uh, also put in the parenting plan that no financial issues are to be talked about by either parent to the children and messages are not to be sent. Also, parenting plans give really detailed instructions as to how you're going to communicate with the other parent. Okay. So, uh, again, that parenting plan, it's one of those things that if the gaslighter, you know, they're bad at following boundaries, that you can always default to, hey, the parenting plan says this. And then it's, then it's the court, not you, saying it. So, uh, so that is your kind of fallback plan. And also, again, you yeah. don't want to try to beat the gaslighter at their game because you're going to lose because these people are master manipulators. So if you try to kind of gaslight sure. back, it's going to backfire on you. And also keep in mind, too, that this is your child's parent. You may think that they're a terrible parent and you, you wish you'd never met them, but it's your kid's parent. And so there's that, that bond that a kid has with their parent that's just, it's, 
it goes beyond rationale and it's it's there so that's why you want to make sure that you don't say anything badly about the parent even if you really want to that's something best to be saved for going to your own therapy you're talking to your friends when your kids aren't around and venting but not to your kids and also keep in mind too that sometimes gaslighting parents will try to pump kids for information about what's going on at home and again kids have that loyalty to both parents so whatever you're saying about the parent just picture that being brought back to the other parent and and that'll really get gaslighters going so but again i really recommend getting a parent coordinator uh, and quite a few parent coordinators are well versed in how uh, narcissistic personalities work Uh, so uh, and it keeps you moving forward with getting your parenting plan together and it even goes down to well if you uh if your kid's younger they don't drive yet so uh let's say that you have an exchange point well you wait there for 20 minutes and after 20 minutes you can go home i've seen parenting plans actually have that in there Uh, so that because a gaslighting parent will say well i'll be there in a few minutes i'll be there in a few minutes and they don't show up or they show up an hour later just to kind of get you riled up so uh, that's actually put in the parenting plan. I've seen extremely detailed multi-page parenting plans. Again, that's the best way to do it because gaslighters tend to not respect boundaries and rules. Yeah, right. Wow, that is so cool. So, so how do you set that up? Like, that's something you have to set up before the divorce is finalized and it's part of the divorce paperwork that is a parenting plan. So then is it possible to do that if the divorce paperwork has already been done? Can you still now somehow create the parenting plan and get it legalized or um, are you has the ship kind of sailed on that? Well, I, I'll just add a caveat that it, all the laws differ by state, but usually oh, sure. you can do a parenting plan after the divorce papers have been signed, you can sit down with a mediator, again, a parent coordinator. Sometimes the court appoints a parent coordinator. Sometimes you can go ahead and just make an appointment with one. Sometimes gaslighters tend to not want to go to a parent coordinator because they don't want their... They're not going to... They don't want to be kind of exposed, so to speak. So, uh, but you can have this done at any time. And uh, and again, it's it's an agreement just that you're going to follow certain boundaries. Doesn't it seem like the issue with that is that then uh, then the gaslighting parent is going to use it as fuel, uh, you know, to say, oh, man, your mom's making me do all this typical, your mom's making me do all this crap, just like she does to you guys, and, you know, trying to control me, and et cetera, et cetera. That's a good um, point. But what, get, what parent coordinators say is, well, you both signed this, so this applies to the other parent, too. Good parent okay. coordinators will say, you know, actually talking to your kids about that is a violation of the parenting plan. Right, and then you're right. in, then you're Which in contempt then? of court, so then then uh, you've got a lot backing you up as far as you know consequences to that. So, uh, but again, a good parent coordinator will point out that this is equal for both parties that nobody's you know quote unquote won here uh, because gaslighters are really into winning, so they they are into winning or losing yeah. the black and white stuff. Uh, so you talk about again keeping the focus on the fact that you want your kids to be happy, healthy, and safe, and that's the bottom line. We're here with Stephanie Sarkis talking about how to handle emotional manipulation with teenagers, and we're not done yet. Here's a look at what's coming up in the second half of the show. Because some parents come home and the dishes in the sink aren't a big deal. So you have to own that as this is something I prefer, and that your kid's not invested in putting, they're just, they don't think long term that how is this going to impact me in my life. You know, later on in my relationships if I don't, you know, load and unload the dishwasher, so. 
What I notice with parents of teenagers a lot of times that they try to do is like logic them into it or like uh-huh. try to convince the kid that like actually this is going to be better for you. Um, you know, right. uh, like, oh, hey, you know, you really need to learn, you know, how to keep the dishes clean because you're going to be able to have to live with, you right. know, roommates. You're going right, to have to live right, with right. your How are you going to succeed in life if you don't gonna, know how to load the dishwasher? Gonna, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, so <laughs> right. that's why we ha- that's why we have this family rule, you know, right. and so that needs to be followed and that's really important. Our usual inclination is to go for the why didn't you instead yeah, of saying why this you is never do see. this. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and what happens if your boss said, I mean, think about when you say stuff to your kids, think about how you would react when your boss said that to you. That's a really yeah, good way to look right. at it. <laughs> right, right. I'm worried about my job now. Right, right. It's a little bit of like kind of psychology jujitsu um, in terms of just like switching the focus a little <laughs> bit, you know, in in the words that you're using. Um, but I think it's like really powerful. And again, you don't bring it up as soon as they start talking. You go, "Oh, look who's talking to me!" Oh, how nice! You know, you don't bring that up. You just don't even. Yeah, you just kind of go about your business. Right. And again, wait till your kids are you know in a calm state. Maybe even a week later, talk about it. Want to hear the full interview? Sign up for a subscription today. You get unlimited access to all the interviews I've conducted. It's completely affordable. And your subscription helps support the work we do here at Talking to Teens. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.